Grab your coffee and join me, Nicoa, for a caffeinated conversation about life. I'll be talking to people who have chosen to walk their own paths and just like me, are creating a life by design. I hope it will give you the inspiration you need to do exactly the same. Hello, Damaris. How are you this morning? Good morning, Nicoa. I'm cold. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm over here halfway between cold and hot with my sleeveless shirt and my sweater behind me. So it's that middle of that fall season. And you're in the mountains, though. Tell us where you're, you're dialing in from this morning. I'm dialing in from uh, Grayson County, Virginia, which is in the very southwestern corner of Virginia, and I'm at about 3,500 feet on 45 beautiful wild acres that I feel very mated to. Oh, wow. Well, I bet it is cold up there right now. We still have some nice sunny weather down here in Wilmington, and we're so excited that you're coming to visit this part of North Carolina You said it was for the first time. You haven't been to the coast yet, to Wilmington. Not to Wilmington. When I lived in North Carolina, I used to live in Winston-Salem until I moved up here. And when if I went to the beach, I always went to Emerald Isle. So that's the only part of North Carolina coast I've been to. Well, you're going to love it. And we are really honored to have you as one of our speakers at the Mini Many Women, Many Stories Conference that kicks off November 17th. This is part of our Many Women, Many Stories series. And you are one of the speakers, one of the breakout speakers, I understand. So let me do a quick introduction. And then let's just talk about what your role is going to be for the event. I I loved your feedback to me when I asked you to send me an overview. So it, it makes so much sense that you're located on 45 beautiful acres You have uh, communed with nature in so many ways, and I love what you said. You know, you're not one for defining yourself by labels Mm -hmm. and or even words, right? And yet, you said, "Let me share with you some defining words just to make us all feel better," right? (laughs) Right. You asked it of me. I was trying to comply. You did a nice job of playing the, the the game, right? The game of life that we've designed down here on this planet. And some of the words that you shared, I find so beautiful. Earth loving, crow dreaming, death walking, spirit tending, ancestor listening. And I don't know what this means, but you said with black walnut tree. Could you share with us a little bit about who Damaris is underneath these words? Okay. Well, I'll skip immediately to black walnut tree because black walnut tree is a nature spirit that I'm in constant contact with. And it's a nature spirit who has a body. Not all nature spirits have physical bodies, but this is a black walnut tree that is right outside my northern windows. And the branches go over my studio and the roots go under my studio. And so when I sleep at night, I feel very held by this very loving presence. And when I'm kind of not quite getting an idea of what needs to happen at a particular time, I'll go to Black Walnut Tree and say, I'm stuck. Can you help me? And Black Walnut Tree sends me images that I'm able to actually understand and translate in my mind. And then I proceed on that information. It always works out really well. So this is a very deep daily relationship I have with a nature being who has consciousness 
and who communicates yes. with me. Yes, and I'm not surprised at all. And not only are we integrated with spirit and have the ability to tap in and channel messaging from the spirit world or the universe or mm-hmm. God or whoever, however you want to define it. Right. But your message and your approach to participating with this event is to talk about that connection with nature. Yes. So tell us a little bit more. So I love that introduction. How have you come to be this woman connected to nature um, as part of your identity? Well, it was a long tentative process in certain ways because I didn't know what I was doing. So I was just exploring. (laughs) Um, I came to a time in life where things were really difficult and I didn't feel like I could go on. And I took action on that. And in the process of doing that, I had like this spiritual intervention that blew my mind. I had no idea what had happened, but it was like all this information suddenly appeared in my consciousness and physical reality started shifting for me. And I started seeing dead people. I started communicating with nature spirits. I could hear them in the woods. I could hear singing in the woods when nobody was. I could walk around at night with this circle of light around my feet so I could see everywhere I could go without tripping. And my partner at the time found this just too unreal. And he would set up obstacle courses <laughs> for me to walk at night <laughs> to prove that wow. I actually, you know, was was seeing this. That I had light to see by that he couldn't see. And my cats would come into that light. And every time they would walk into that circle of light, they would turn into these beautiful little matrices of colored lights that were pulsing and moving. This is fascinating. And I'm sure our listeners are like, say what? (laughs) To to even back up. So you you had been going down a path and I don't want to steal away the content of your presentation when you'll be with us in November but you had been going down a very traditional path. And I noted something in your summary. You said at the age of 40 is when you had that moment and you thought, I can't go on. I had my little midlife crisis at the age of 40. I think it had been a long time coming, but I quit my corporate world. I stopped the game. I, I removed myself in many ways. Talk to us a little bit about you before And then we've already had a little picture of you now, but tell us the difference. The difference was primarily that I couldn't feel my life. I had repressed so many responses to my circumstances that I could no longer feel really what my true responses were. And I had no grief. I had no joy. I had no frustration. It was just this flat line as if I were already dead. And I found that absolutely intolerable, and I refused to accept that as an existence eventually. But before that, I had really tried to pretty much please my parents, who were adoptive parents, and they put a lot on me to marry well, to basically not have a good, successful career, but to have a fallback as being a teacher. This was quite many years ago, but this was their thoughts at the time that I needed to, number one, have a husband take care of me. But if that didn't work out, I needed to be able to teach. And so I did everything they asked of me. And I was still rebel at certain ways. I started doing glasswork and I opened my own business. 
And I worked with kids that were deprived in the less economically fortunate areas of Winston-Salem. I bartended for a while, which they found really appalling. <laughs> but um, And then I worked my way into managing some businesses. I managed a restaurant, and then I managed an iconic bookstore in Winston-Salem that everyone went to that had a used bookstore, a gift shop, a cafe. I sponsored adult courses in literature and networked with the local universities like Wake Forest and Salem College. And it was really interesting, but really disturbing work for me because I'm not great as a manager because you have to have these relationships with people that feel like they're based on some sort of inequity. And I didn't mm. like that feeling, you know, because that's the way mm. the, the owners want you to behave. And I didn't like that. And I went back to school at the time to get a master's in counseling, which didn't work out either for me. And you know, it just led me to this place where I was so unhappy. I was in my second marriage, and my husband was very well-to-do from an old well-to-do family. We had a beautiful home. I made beautiful gardens, and it was just as empty as you could possibly be. Mm. And mm. it had to stop, <laughs> so I stopped it. You know, And I didn't know how to stop it, but I stopped it. Well, it sounds like you were really at a crossroads yes. and you're knowing and learning. And, and I'm so grateful that you made the choice to shift into a new way of being versus the alternative. And I'm really excited to hear more about your offering for the event because you're going to bring the audience back to an awareness of that connection with nature. Can you give us a little teaser as to what their experience will be like when they participate in November? I'm going to be telling a story from a part of my life when I moved up here to Virginia from North Carolina, and I bought this beautiful land that was full of ancient hemlock trees, and they caught basically a pest disease and started dying, and all the hemlocks in this part of the country are dying or have already died. And so I'm going to recount a story of what I went through in my grieving with those trees, how I related to them, how they responded back to me, and then how that segued to finally having a certain kind of acceptance with the loss of all those trees here. And then years, I mean, years later, after the, all the grandmothers and grandfather trees had died, I came across a young hemlock tree and it spoke to me of something that seemed radically uplifting and totally just jolted me into a different kind of awareness that is optimistic and moving and beautiful. And that is not just about trees, but about all of life here on the planet. And I know mm. when I've told this story to other people, as I did to the people who have organized Many Women, Many Stories, that they find it really moving and it touches their soul and their hearts and it helps them kind of look at the planet and their lives here in a different way, a way of deep relationship and with a sense that nobody really dies. Ultimately, mm -hmm. your bodies die, but your spirits don't. And so that's going to be what I have to offer. We are nature 
And that is your topic. And, And I'm so excited. I think that summary is beautiful. And not only did you share a teaser, but you were able to share what you hope people will gain from that, yeah. that they have that knowing. Is there anything else you'd like to share or anything you'd like to say to encourage people to participate in this event with us? One thing I'd like to share is that I've had a long relationship with Aria, who has started this group, and she's the person who invited me. When she lived in Blowing Rock, North Carolina, she would host me at her home and I would meet with clients there. And I know that anything Arya touches is golden because she has this incredibly big heart, but she also has a really, really fine intellect and she is articulate in ways that many people aren't. And I know from all the years I've been in relationship with her that she wants to give to people opportunities for them to have a thriving life, whatever that means to them, that is also in balance and in harmony with the earth. And so knowing that that's her intention, I couldn't say no when she asked me, even though I always get a little nervous about speaking up in front of people. Well, you seem quite calm and and confident in your engagement today. And and you're absolutely right. She's a special soul. And for those of you listening, if you haven't already listened to her interview, we did a quick teaser with her. And it's also on the podcast under Aria Donahue. Mm -hmm. But Damaris Crystal, you are a beautiful soul. And how, if people are interested in getting in touch with you, I I think you have a website. How, How can they contact you? Through my website, I have a contact form on my website, DamarisCrystal.com. Very easy. DamarisCrystal.com. I'll make sure and add that to the show notes. And I just want to thank you for spending the morning with me, even though it's a very short window. And I can't wait to meet you in person in November. Oh, I'm so looking forward for you being there. I didn't know for a while that you were going to be there. That's great. Thank you, Nicola. Yep. I'll be there the whole weekend. And I can't wait to connect with everybody in person. Lots of hugs will be happening, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, it's important to have this inaugural weekend and to help this group get their ways because every woman I've ever met, even if the woman seems at first like she has nothing to say or if she's had a very conventional placid life underneath it. There's just this wealth of stories that always connects us. You know, we're so connected in our stories. Absolutely. We are connected in our stories. And that's one of the reasons I do this podcast. I can't, I feel compelled and I can't Mm -hmm. not tell my story. And I feel as if sharing my story, just as I'm sure you feel the same, is going to help people help themselves find their own voice. and, And we're the role models. And and may I, may I share your age, by the way? Sure. Yeah. So it says here that you're a beautiful 70 years old. Uh, you look <laughs> no older than, than my age. I mean, gosh. You- <laughs> well, maybe I need to get closer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these filters are great, wouldn't you say? And I- <laughs> but I love that we are bringing a variety of people together. I also loved uh, when you said something about your crone life. Yeah. And I, I was like, I want to be this this crone, the the woman in the crone body. As I age, I, I feel really connected to each of you who I've spoken with already, and I think that weekend will bring us together in a wide set of generations to connect to that to that wisdom. Mm-hmm. And again, I just want to thank you for being here, and I hope everyone will check it out at many women many stories dot com. 
And I don't know what else to say. Is there anything else we should say before we hang up, Damaris? Well, just you mentioned the crone body. And I do want to say to that, that in a culture that obsesses about youthfulness and being fast and being sharp and being always on the money and always prepared to be visually acceptable and to basically comply with the dominant culture's theories about how we need to live. (laughs) And they're definitely just theories. But I find that aging and getting to a place where you accept your aging, even though you know in some ways it might make you invisible or might make you less valued, that that self-acceptance after a lifetime of feeling this performative anxiety is such a beauty to experience. And I think it really frees women to really become much more participant in their own lives and share what they have learned over a long lifetime. And so those crone years can be incredibly precious. I'm ready. I'm going to go ahead and embrace it now. I just, I I don't need to wait till I'm 70. I want to be that woman now. And so thank you for pulling me along and role modeling for me and everyone else listening. And I can't wait to meet you. I can't wait either, Nicoa. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for a caffeinated conversation. Subscribe to Coffee with Nicoa for more stories from people living a life by design. You can also find inspiration on Instagram. Just follow Coffee with Nicoa. And check out our website, coffeewithnicoa.com. And that's Nicoa, N-I-C-O-A. We look forward to talking with you soon and enjoy your coffee between now and then.